0: Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. You know, over the years, I've gotten into a number of discussions, we'll call them, um, whether it be on Facebook or individually with different people, about the fact that we don't live in a democracy. <laughs> that might actually surprise you. We we don't live in a democracy. In fact, we intentionally do not live in In a a democracy, the United States is not a democratic form of government. And that's a good thing, to be honest with you. And, And let me explain. Our founding fathers actually knew human nature really, really well. That is something they had down pat. They understood human nature. And one of the things that you get when you have an actual democracy is you get mob rule. And history has shown that this is not a sustainable form of government. A true democracy is some is, is a place where every single individual within that country has a say over everything. And so you, uh, anything that, that is to take place, uh, you, you have a vote, you have a say in what happens with that. So whether it be a law that is enacted or... Uh, a treaty that's to be signed, or whatever the case may be, every single person within that country has a say whether or not that happens or not. So they have a vote, and, um, and, and what happens is you literally have mob rule. And, and our founding fathers understood this. They knew that if we were to succeed, that we could not operate that way because what happens is mob rule you a mob of people people are easily swayed Um all you have to do is go look at the George Floyd uh, incident of last year where off of one clip of a video there the the entire nation was was affected and and, and whether or not you know what what was shown on that video, it was, it was the entire truth. Uh, that's that's for another podcast. But but nonetheless, you had a clip of one video, and that one clip went viral, and thus it it changed the direction of our country and what we did, and how how we thought about race relations and all kinds of different things. Uh, police policy and and uh, and 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 just just a number a number of different things. It, it it changed the direction and and the discussion that we were having within our own country. So thus laws and I mean you could take a look at budgets for city governments and and that type of thing uh, were were slashed when it comes to police budgets budgets. Uh, you know defund the police movement was. Was born and and um, and and there was a lot of changes within the police uh, de- local police departments, and it was all based off of one little incident. And so, um, so our founding fathers understood this, and they and they understood it very well. That that uh, w- that when when you want to put into law something, let's say you you have an idea, something that that would be really good. Um, and, and you present that to the House of Representatives. They have to go through a committee process. That bill then has to go uh, and be voted on by the House if it makes it through all of that. And then it has to do the exact same thing in the Senate. And then it has to be signed by the governor or the president or whatever. Uh, it, and it, ha- it goes through a long, arduous process. And their thinking is, and was, was that if it met if it went through all of that process and still made it through, then it should it should have been a a, a good thought or a good idea, good bill, good law, um, or at least had a better chance of being <laughs> a good good law. And and it also it gave some time. So when when a, an incident would happen, something would happen within the country, and everybody would get riled, riled up riled, riled up over it then what would happen is it, it, this was a, um, it, this interjected time with, within the process so that maybe cooler heads would prevail if it was something that was just off the cuff. And so uh, this is what they understood. And so what we have is we have a representative republic form of government in the U.S. A true democracy just does not work because of the mob rule, as I'm saying. Uh, in a representative republic, we vote on those individuals who represent us. So we don't actually have the vote ourselves now that we do have some some votes on certain things. and many states have initiative and referendum type of laws, which means that we can put up to vote uh, you know a particular idea um, and and we can we can make that a vote of the people. but, uh, but for the most part, what happens is we vote for those who represent us. So we, if somebody is running for a certain public position, uh, whether it be you know mayor or whether it be uh, a congressperson or whatever the case may be, we are voting for the person that we think best represents our ideals and our values. And that's what's called a representative republic. And that's what we have. Now, the key word in representative republic here is that we when we vote on individuals the key word is vote (laughs) and this means that we have uh, we have to have a fair and honest election system for this experiment to succeed if we do not have that then we don't have a representative republic because we know that whoever is voted in is not representing us they weren't there on a fair um vote a fair and honest vote so so I, I, I look at the election that happened in 2020, the presidential election of 2020, and you, you saw a number of places, whether it be Pennsylvania, uh, whether it, it be in Michigan, whether it be um, uh, Georgia. And, you, and, and there was high amount of uh, voter fraud. Uh, there was a lot of evidence that there, were, there was voter fraud and uh, and yet the systems that were there set, that have been set up to to uh, be a check and balance on that completely failed um, you, you know when you when you look at like the court system for instance uh, they just simply said we're not going to look at it um, it wasn't that, the, that that the court cases said oh there wasn't any fraud that's not what they said at all they just said we, we don't want to look at it and and so uh, that that in instilled into a number of people <clears throat> really a lack of confidence in our election system and so uh, there has been a push particularly on the republican side to 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 instill more confidence into the into our voting system to to take a look at the systems themselves and say you know what we need to overhaul some of these and make sure that our voting systems are secure and that they're fair and that they're honest and so Georgia has, has really made a push for this and they just signed into law uh, some, some new changes to their voter system and their voting, voting laws. Now this has, this has drawn some, some high criticism and I'm going to read to you here uh, some, some of the uh, headlines from some of the different media outlets about these laws. Georgia's Jim Crow voter suppression bill is now law. Here's how Democrats can fight back. That's NBC News. All right. So not only are they, are they calling it Jim Crow voter suppression bill, but they're actually uh, in, in the article saying, well, hey, Democrats, here's how you can fight this. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Georgia GOP passes major law to limit voting amid nationwide push. That's the New York Times. Uh, here's Georgia's new law uh, suppressing the vote is a victory for Trump. That's CNN. Uh, how about the Georgia House passed a bill that makes it a misdemeanor to uh, misdemeanor to give food or water to voters waiting in line. That's Politifact. Uh, outrage as Georgia Republicans advance bill to restrict voting access. The Guardian. Georgia Republicans just made it much harder to vote, Huff and Post. I mean, if, if take a look. The, the National Black Justice Coalition also called the new law an, quote, unacceptable attack on our democracy, unquote. And it said it is designed to, quote, return black and poor and already disenfranchised voters in Georgia to second-class citizens. Unquote. And, and, and you have to really go no farther than President Biden, and 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 what his remarks were on this new law. He called this new law in Georgia un-American. He said it's sick. It's sick. He said that it would end voting at five p.m. when people are just getting off work. <laughs> really. He said that um, deciding that there will be no absentee ballots under the most rigid cir- of circumstances. Okay, so there's not going to be absentee ballots at all? And, he's, and, and and this is the one that kind of, you know, it's got like one of those head turners <laughs> type thing. I mean, Biden's had a few of these, but he said that this makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I'm not really actually sure what he means by that. I mean, the only thing I can think of here, I mean, first of all, Jim crow was not an actual person. Um, but second, Jim crow, Jim eagle, you know, our nation's bird is an eagle, but that can't be right. Maybe an eagle is bigger than a crow? I I, I don't know. Yeah, that that one I'm going to have to leave up to you to interpret, all right? But but you also look at the fact that there are others like delta airlines coca-cola uh, major league baseball all are talking and and speaking out uh, against the, the and, and even threatening boycott of georgia so so let's take a look at this because if all of these if all these guys are reacting this way we we need to take a look and see what's going on here and we we probably need to know what were the jim crow laws so jim crow uh, the Jim Crow laws were a collection of state and local statutes that, legally, um, that basically legalized racial uh, segregation. That's, that's what they, they were all about. Um, na- they were named after a black minstrel show character, and they were designed to deny blacks the right to vote, uh, hold jobs, get an education, or you know, other opportunities uh democratic politicians like joe biden for instance were the main people pushing uh, for uh, the keeping of these laws in place um, and these laws uh, started soon after the end of the civil war and the institution of the 13th amendment and the democratic states that lost the war tried to find a way to still you know uh, segregate blacks i mean they just because they lost the war didn't mean that they didn't want uh, that, that they they would want to integrate uh, together, and so um, what they did is they made these laws uh, where like public parks were forbidden for African Americans to enter, uh, theaters and restaurants were segregated. Uh, they also segregated wait, uh, waiting rooms in in bus and, and train stations. Uh, uh, they they. Uh, uh, as well as, as even you know the the famous water fountains and restrooms, um, you know built they uh, they had different entrances to buildings and even elevators, um, you know even cemeteries even uh, and, and amusement park uh, cashier windows were were uh, segregated. Uh, Laws forbade African Americans uh, from living in white neighborhoods. Uh, Segregation was forced uh, for uh, public schools, phone booths, hospitals, uh, asylums even, jails, residential homes uh, for the elderly and the handicapped. And some states required separate textbooks for blacks and white students. New Orleans, uh, for or New Orleans, <laughs> if you want to call it, uh, mandated the segregation of prostitutes according to race. I mean, uh, you know, uh, in Atlanta, African Americans uh, in court were given uh, a different Bible from white people to swear on. I guess, and maybe the, you get black cooties or something from the other one. Uh, marriage, of course, and cohabitation uh, between whites and black people were strictly forbidden in most of the southern states, and it was not common, uh, not uncommon actually, to see signs posted in town and, and you know, city limits warning African Americans that they were not welcome there. So there was, you know, a lot of re- residual effects after the Civil War. And, and so some of these, what they call Jim Crow laws, were put into place to try to maintain some sort of, of separation there. Uh, and it's, it's amazing that today we see that same Democratic Party that fought for these laws, that, that they now are, are fighting for the same segregation policies. Uh, I'll give you a for instance. Uh, here, uh, where this podcast originates... Uh, which is right near Portland, Oregon. Uh, the Portland City Commissioner, Joanne Hardesty, just held a public meeting where the only people permitted at this meeting to to actually attend this meeting were black males. That was that if you were not a black male, you could not go to this public go, local government meeting. Um, the well, with one exception, <laughs> the Mayor Ted Wheeler, who's a, a, a white guy. Uh, was the only exception that could be at this at this meeting? I mean, that's that's segregation. They're still fighting. The Democratic Party here is still fighting for segregation. So um, it, it it was interesting to me to to take a look at this Georgia law and to try to see a little bit about what it's about. I mean, we 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 know that there were laws like that. We know they're no longer in existence. 1960s, they were done away with and so um is this is this something you know is this jim crow 2.0 well let's take a look Um, and this comes from a uh, article uh, in the uh, vision times Uh, jonathan walker uh, did this on april 1st so just yesterday Uh, georgia enacts sweeping election reforms with new bill georgia governor brian kemp recently signed into law Senate bill 202 that introduces several election reforms in the state covering absentee voting, drop boxes and voting dates announcing that the bill will ensure a fair and secure election. Kemp applauded the general assembly members for making it quote, easy to vote and hard to cheat unquote. Uh, so that, I mean, obviously it starts out sounds, sounds good, right? Um, you know, we, we know Georgia has had some issues with their elections and being fair and honest. And here is uh, you know, here, here is something that they're trying to do to rectify that. Now, the bill, the Election Integrity Act of 2021, was previously passed in the House with a 100 to 75 vote. And in the Senate, with a 34 to 20 vote, Republicans supported it on both occasions. Now, get this. Zero Democrats voted for the bill all right so it was not a single democrat voted for this it was a complete republican sponsored and uh, um and and driven bill the senate bill 202 georgia will take another step forward ensuring that our elections are secure uh, accessible and fair after november i knew like so many of you that significant reforms to our state elections were needed there's no doubt there were many alarming issues with how the election was handled and those problems understandably led to the crisis of confidence at the ballot box here in georgia that was uh, what uh, governor kemp said in a statement Uh, the new law introduces the following changes to georgia's election procedures number one people who wish to use the absentee mail vote option need to submit a state approved id you know like a driver's license uh, the stipulation re- replaces the previous signature matching process kemp had called arbitrary and time consuming for the 2020 presidential race over 1.3 million georgians uh, had opted for absentee mail voting and the state had to deal with several recounts to confirm the results. The governor pointed out that since in-person votes mandate a photo ID, it only makes sense that such a requirement is made for absentee ballots. Absentee ballot requests can only be made 11 days before election day. The law allows for two Saturday, uh, uh, for two Saturdays of early voting in the state. However, counties can uh, continue using two Sundays of early voting if needed. The runoff election cycle is shortened to 4 weeks from 9 weeks with 1 week of early voting allowed. Drop boxes must be placed inside early voting locations and under constant surveillance by a licensed security guard, the election official or their de- designee or an official from the law enforcement, a police officer whatever. I mean if if you can hear anything in these in in what this bill has that sends up red flags to you as far as ooh, this is a way we're gonna cheat i i i ask you to raise your hand i mean i i'm not hearing anything here all right uh let's go let's move on people are prohibited from soliciting votes or contributing campaign material within 25 feet of voters standing in line at the polling stations plus they cannot give out gifts like food drinks or money to the voters if a voter were to cast a vote at a precinct different from the one he is registered with, the vote would not be counted. However, if the vote is cast after 5 p.m. on Election Day, the voter provides a sworn statement that includes a valid reason why they could not vote at the registered place and the ballot may be counted. So that kind of you know, dispenses with Joe Biden's thing, right? Uh, a telephone hotline will be established to collect complaints of um, potential election fraud or voter intimidation and the material is to be reviewed by the attorney general within three days of receipt and the law is uh, faced it has faced strong criticism from democrats and voting rights groups and joe biden called it the jim crow in the 21st century and an attack on american constitution he stated that his administration and the justice department are looking at the legislation so let's take a look here and let's briefly go through some of the uh, complaints about the law. Okay, these are things that the, a lot of Democrats are, are bringing up. A lot of liberals are saying, "Hey, this, this is terrible. This is this is you know Jim Crow 2.0. We can't have this." And these are the things we hate about it. All right. So let's let, let's go through them. Uh, no one can give a bottle of water to someone thirsty in line to vote. I mean, Joe Biden said that himself. Well, but the problem is, poll workers can. I mean, campaign workers can give. A case of water if they want to the poll workers or you know subway sandwiches or something and and allow them to distribute uh, the you know the water or whatever was given uh you the thing is you just can't buy votes you can you can um you know you can set up a stand let's say and give away free sandwiches 150 feet away but you just can't do it and say, hey, look, you know, so-and-so is, you know, paying for this sandwich and here's a Coke, too. And You can't do that. That's buying votes. And and it, it fixes a loophole that was present um, with Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams ran um, for governor, lost. Uh, she's a very liberal uh, Democrat who, um, she was using a loophole. Basically, she was taking her nonprofit organization, you know, ironically called Fair Fight. <laughs> and, and, uh, and she was giving away food and water uh, in, in support of her gubernatorial campaign. Um, and, and so it kind of fixes that kind of thing that was going on. Or as, as Dan McLaughlin of National Review puts it, uh, voters can still bring bottled water or other food or beverages with them to stand online to vote. As people often do when waiting at Disney World or buying a concert ticket or in other places where people stand in long lines, voters can still also, if they like, order food. The bill doesn't stop the, the, the Domino's Pizza Man or the local hot dog cart or taco truck from doing business. If if you feel impelled to donate food or drink uh, you know, give a drink to voters, you can still do that. Uh, you, you just have to give it to the poll workers so they can put it out for general use. The president claims that you can't provide water to people about, uh, about to vote. Well, that's just simply false. What you can't do under the New Georgia law is deploy people uh, in the National Rif- Rifle Association t-shirts and MAGA hats uh, and hand out... Free, you know, Koch brothers financed uh, Federalist Society branded pizzas to voters, you know. Um, But anyway, uh, you know, by uh, we we can see that there's laws in even Biden's state of Delaware uh, against this laws that um, you know in Kentucky there was a case Ellis and Meeks, uh, Ellis versus Meeks that uh, in 1998 uh, the Supreme Court there uh, shot down. Um, you know, a challenge to these kind of laws. They're definitely constitutional. It discourages vote. Uh, now, here's here's another one. It discourages voting and suppresses the vote. Well, Georgia is tied for the fifth most permissive state for voting. Um, and and there's, there's uh, no excuse absentee balloting there. Georgia has 17 days of early voting. They even have automatic voter registration. I mean, they are very open when it comes to voting and it only strengthens the voting laws requires the voting id to be uh you know as as we talked about if you want to be an absentee voter you have to provide the id just like you would if you showed up at a polling place Uh, it adds weekend voting it adds drop boxes now it obviously may may, says this is where you can place them because what was happening in 2020 was they just put them all over the place and they didn't guard them or anything so anybody could get into them or put you know, stuff there. Whatever the case may be, uh, it was it was a it was a bad idea. Now, voter ID is voter suppression is something that they've they've talked about. Well, that's that's not true. Georgia, Georgia uh, court case challenging the voter ID for polling places was ruled constitutional. Uh, the Georgia has has had voter ID requirements since the since the you know year two thousand. I mean, Georgia gives uh, uh, you know they give away free photo ID to anyone who requests it. I would say that since Delta Airlines and Major League Baseball are threatening to pull out of Georgia for this, well, maybe they should stop requiring photo ID when, you know, when you want to get a ticket or, you know, fly on an airplane. Um, yeah, anyway, laws laws let Republicans throw out any votes uh, from counties that they don't uh, like the result of. And that's just simply not true in this law. No one can throw out votes from a, from a, from a county, uh, where, um, where there is a county that has long wait times for voting or, uh, you know, verified voter fraud, the state elections office can come in and help out with those long lines, uh, and, and review their systems. Um, and so, you know, Democrats, um, you know, they, they, they have these, these, talking points and they throw this stuff out there, but there's nothing to back these things up. Um, you know, there, there, there are many alarming issues with, with how the election was handled. Uh, and, and those problems understandably led to, you know, this crisis of confidence, uh, it, with, with their, their elections. And And and, and I'm just glad to see that there's many of, uh, of, of these laws that are now being reviewed. I mean, Florida, Texas are now considering similar bills. This is a very good thing. When we have an election process that we can say is fair and honest, then we have confidence in order to participate within our system, and then our representative republic works. Without it, our system of government fails, and we need to have this kind of thing. We need to have the voter ID type uh, type laws. What I mean? How else are we going to know that every single person voted that that should be voting, and and that somebody who shouldn't be voting or can't uh, vote is 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 not one who can can put a ballot into that ballot box. So anyway, you may agree, you may disagree, would love to hear from you. Uncommonsensepodcast.com is where you, you want to do that or you can go on to Facebook, Instagram, and follow us there. That'd be great. Anyway, thank you very much for listening.